mine now. You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Hello, welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name's Dan. My name's Nicole. Nicole. And Nicole. this is a film podcast. It's not a reality TV podcast, Nicole. Because last time we spoke about reality TV a lot. Why? It's, it's banned. Oh, too hard to handle. Is that on your agenda? Doesn't have to be. Get out of the way early. We'll just go straight in. <laughs> anyway, have we done names? We've done names, haven't we? We've done names. Yeah, fuck it. Let's move on. We haven't done sections. Okay. Sections. Anything goes. Double bill, stitch up, done. Right, let's move on. <laughs> let's... How are you doing? I'm all right. Oh, what have you been up to? So I went out on a bike the other day. I borrowed, Albert's got two bicycles, so I borrowed one and it's sitting in my living room. So the other day I decided to go out a couple of hours before it gets dark. Gone out on a bike. It's got dark while I, I was out and I thought, oh, I'll cycle through this little garden, hilly like area that we've got. It sort of leads down to the seafront. I've gone through this little park bit. I'm going down this hill and it's it's pretty dark, so I can't see a lot, but I've I've seen this hill to go down and then I saw this little retaining wall at the bottom of the hill. And I thought, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go down the hill and I'm gonna perfectly hit that little wall and then just come off it and land perfectly on two wheels like a little jump. Going pretty fast. Things start to slow down in my mind a little bit, get to about half a foot away from the the retaining wall and I realise I've made an, a terrible mistake because I saw in my head what was going to go and happen and I thought I was <laughs> I thought I was in trouble I just thought you idiot anyway front wheel has hit the wall immediately it's gone down and hit the ground below it I've gone over the handlebars and uh, you can't, and you fucked uh, Albert's bike up on no the yeah, bike's okay the bike's okay and uh, oh, that's I've, fine then I've got a few bumps and scratches scratches. Um, but I thought I was in real trouble as I was going over that handlebar, like in slow motion. You sort of like, oh, I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> Everyone's I'm, social distancing at the moment. Yeah. No one's gonna find me here in this ditch. <laughs> I was all right. It was, it was a few scratches. Um, I didn't realise though that it, I'd got up and I didn't realise how busy the park was because it was dark. I couldn't see anything. Then I just all I heard just laughing and sniggering. And then people started asking me if I was all right. Bless them. But I was all right. Just a bruised ego, really. Idiot. I've done that before. I did, I, I did that in, um, in San Francisco. So, like, I hired a bike, went over the Golden Gate Bridge, got the yeah. ferry back. I was riding the bike and I got it caught in the tram tracks and I stacked it. Yeah. And then the bunch of people just, caught, like, completely started laughing. In Europe, they don't do that. They actually come up and, like, see if you're right. In the yeah. States, they don't give an absolute fuck. I'm surprised about that. <laughs> I thought that they would have been quite... I thought that they, Accommodating. W- they would have looked after you a little bit more. No. You got trapped in the, um, in the tram tracks. How funny. How I stacked it. <laughs> I, I did exactly the same thing in um, Amsterdam about 10 years ago. I got trapped in the, in, in the tram lines and then, long story short, I collided with another human and I had to have seven stitches in my face. And that's why you're not allowed to go back to Amsterdam ever again. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the reasons, yeah. <laughs> there are many. There are a plethora of reasons of why I'm not allowed into Amsterdam. <laughs> and they all involve public transport. But anyway, travel stories. What else have what, what you been doing apart from falling off bikes in san francisco years ago i did a virtual murder mystery 
Um, How did that go? That was all right. I thought I was the murderer. Well, it said in my part that I was the murderer, but the cause of death could have been two things. Murder. (laughs) Murder by a gunshot (laughs) or by poison. And I had poison, like I had an empty test tube. Apparently the cause of death was a gunshot. So apparently I wasn't the murderer in the end. What did you do with your poison then? I put it in his drink. So you did poison him? I did poison him. I was very confused because I was like, oh, no. And then everyone was put, because at the end, what happens is you you type who you think the murderer is. Would you do it again? Uh, no. <laughs> That's a no. No. <laughs> if, uh, if the rounds were a little bit shorter, I would do it again. It was interesting what? doing it online. You said you've never done it before, right? Well, the murder mystery. Yeah. No, I've not done a real one or a virtual one. Did a stop motion. It was volunteer week. Last week, I volunteered with Make-A-Wish and I just asked them if I could just create a stop motion and we could just put it on the private page. It doesn't have to be public. Yeah. They end up putting it on their public page. Awesome. Sharing it with Aussie, uh, our Australian Make-A-Wish crew. That yeah. was a bit of fun. Yeah, it looked, it looked good. Yeah. You going to do anything else? You going to do any other stop motion stuff? I might do, I'm going to make some donuts this week. I might do a stop motion with that. You're going to make a stop motion donut? Were you going to do yeah. like eat a quarter of it and then another quarter of it and then just do that thing so it sort of goes down like a McDonald's advert or something. No, my well, my aim is to make donuts. So it's like showing the donut being created and then iced and then I'm making a donut bouquet because my best friend, she, gradu- uh, she submits her PhD this week. So I'm going to go surprise her. So you're going to give her some stop motion donuts? Yep. Nice. I'm going to actually give her the physical donuts. A real do- She's going to get the real donuts, but you're going to stop motion them first. Yeah. So when you make your stop motion donuts, if you can make a stop motion aeroplane as well, and okay. then stop, stop motion postman and get them posted. <laughs> to and send them to dad with yeah. some Tim Tams. With some Tim Tams. I want a Tim Tam flavoured donut. Done. I've started having cold showers. Uh, have you ever done this? In the summertime. I yeah. know it's very good for you. I'm the same as you. Like when it's been really hot, if I've been out for a run or whatever and come back and I'm sweating and it's really hot, cold shower, yeah, lovely. But just in general, I've been waking up in the morning, first thing you do is go and have a cold shower. And it's like the worst, it's, you know, when you're all cozy in your bed and you're like, oh, this is lovely. And you're like, the last thing that you want to do is have a cold shower. But I'm yeah. telling you, it makes you feel good. It really, like for the first, that first blast, you're like, oh, it's, it's cold. <laughs> But after, after literally, after about 10 seconds, it actually starts to feel warm. But yeah, it warms up really quickly. It wakes you up. It just gets your blood flowing. And I've just feel, feel, been feeling really good after it. So I've been having like two cold showers a day. And it's like, there's loads of research into it. And it's not something I guess people find very appealing. And I completely get it. But yeah, no, honestly, it's really good. I, I'd highly recommend it. It's hard, but um, yeah. only for like 10 seconds and then it's fine. You're over it and you feel great. So it's, it's really How long are you having a shower for? A few minutes, as long as it takes me to wash my hair and, and wash everything else. Like, no more or less time than I would any other time. Oh, you got a... You got a... So you're not wearing a suit, but you got a fancy drink with you. I, I told you, I put my suit jacket on, but it's too hot <laughs> in the UK. Because, obviously, we're recording, I can't have my window open. 
because no, of, of traffic not. and trains. At least I'm going to have a drink. All I had was a can of Strongbow, so I put some Strongbow in a champagne glass. Oh, fancy. And it's, um, I'm probably going to get drunk straight away on that because I'm, I've, I've not really been drinking last few months because of being healthy and lockdown and stuff. Mm. I've had a bit of a detox. So if I start to slur my words in about 25 minutes, then you'll know. <laughs> I'll start being really offensive. What have you been up to, Dan? Television-wise. Obviously, last episode, I reviewed Disney Zombies. To, to, to review that, I, uh, to watch it, I had to download the Disney Plus platform, app, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So I had a week's free trial. So after we recorded, so I'll go and make use of that free trial. Went on there. There's nothing on there for me. Absolutely nothing. Not one thing. What about Marvel stuff? You love Marvel. I've got all, all the Marvel films that I like I've got. I don't, I'm not a fan of Star Wars. There are two Star Wars films that I like and I've got them. There was one I put on a Marvel. It was like a documentary uh, leading up to the first Avengers film. But that was just all old interviews that they just all cut together for one thing. And I'd seen most of them already. So I was mm. a bit like, oh, this is rubbish. And there was just nothing on there for me at all. So I cancelled it. What about National Geographic? Is that not your thing? Things like that, I can just go on YouTube. But yeah, I didn't even know National Geographic was part of Disney until I saw that. I think so, yeah. But there was there was, there was was nothing on there for, for me, so I got rid of it. I might need to use mine this week. That was the plan. But yeah, so I just went over to Amazon and I've been watching a show. I've been, I've been, I've actually been watching a show because mm. I've been watching because I usually watch a load of films. Uh, and there's one show that I've been meaning to catch up on for a while. It's called The Last Man on Earth. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I have heard of that. What is what is it, it about again? It's uh, American comedian Will Forte, and I think the lady's name is Kristen Shell. Kristen Shell. She's in Flight of the Concords. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Yeah, Actually. yeah, Kiwi. That's Kiwi. Yeah, uh, great show. Yeah. Really funny. But yeah. she's like the weird one that follows them, the fan. But it, what the premise is that, that, that everyone's died. There's been like a, a virus or something. The whole world's dead. And this one dude wakes like he's on his own. Everyone's dead. Everyone's gone. And he's just on his own. And then he finds more people and more people. And they start hanging around in this little group. And it's a comedy. And he's a complete idiot. And there were four seasons on Amazon. I'd seen the first two seasons. And I thought, I watched seasons three and four. Got to the end of four. And I thought, oh, there must be another season because it ends on a cliffhanger. And I've Googled it. The show's been cancelled. So season, oh, no. season four. I hate when they do that. I know. That's why I don't watch shows. Or like, if I go, if I watch a show, usually I'll I will wait until at least there's been two seasons of it for that reason. But the, I mean, this one's a bit different because it's it's comedy, and you know what was going to happen at the after that cliffhanger. It wouldn't have had a massive impact. It it would have just they would have written some joke around it, and it would have been onto the next thing. But that's a really good show. It's funny. It's the the episodes are twenty minutes long each. It's nice and easy, easy to digest. So get rid of Disney and get Amazon and watch. Um, what's the last man on earth? What have you been watching? Have you watched any shows or films or anything? I did watch uh, Too Hot to Handle. I binge watched that. No reality show. It's not a reality podcast. What? what I don't know. <laughs> what's, let's get this out of the way then. We go on Nicole's reality TV corner. What's yeah, too hot to well, Just a bunch of two, uh, very hot people wanting to get with each other. It's always the same. And for the flowers, they're like, oh. 
Hello. Oh, the internet internet's unstable. Maybe maybe that's a sign for me not to talk about yeah. too much to handle. Yeah, exactly. Shut so, <laughs> up. Don't talk about reality TV. Last time we spoke about Big Brother, Love is Blind, Picnic at Hanging Rock. or That's not a reality that show. Wasn't, that's not reality. <laughs> no. um, what's going on? What, what is this thing? Just a yeah, a bunch of hot people going to big house mansion thing for the first twelve hours. They don't know they you know just hooking up and whatever. And then I think Lana's the AI like the Siri. She lets them know that they're not allowed to hook up. They can't. They can't have sex. They can't masturbate. They can't kiss each other. And if they do, their money drops. Who's going on to a television program and masturbating? Well, if you're not well, if you're not allowed to have sex or make out with anyone for a whole month, you yeah, need to relieve yourself. Um, is that all it is? That, is that all it is? A month, mate? You can't have a wank for a month. It's not. <laughs> it's not exactly like a Olympic level challenge, is it? So, what happens if I bang one out then? So, like certain things cost money. So, like kissing was oh, like three thousand dollars, <laughs> and then sex was like twenty grand. Wow. <laughs> but it's a month. That's ridiculous. Do people do it? Yeah. Do they? <laughs> That's insane. Can't haven't they got the foresight to just think, look, if I just wait twenty five days, <laughs> then I can keep my twenty grand and I'll probably we'll probably hook up anyway. Entertainment. They're probably told to do it, maybe. So yeah, probably. They, I'm sure they get pushed into it. And is it a weekly show, or is it is it all been out in one go, or what's the? Well, it's all out in one go now. It's on yeah. Netflix. Easy to watch. Yeah. A lot better than Love Is Blind. Anyway, you actually you actually did <laughs> you, know, like, you actually did mention this show last time, and I remember saying to you, I want to forget about it because I don't want to watch it. Um, but now you've mentioned it again, I think it's actually lodged in my brain now. Too hot to handle. So I'm yeah. really hoping that. I don't go and watch it. If I do, I'm going to blame you. Um, I've watched, I watched a film called Contact on uh, Amazon. That was very good. I haven't seen that for a while. What else did I watch? I watched Gross Point Blank, Heartbreak Kid, which is terrible. I didn't realise how bad that was. Mm. So Ben Ben Stiller film when he marries a woman that's awful and then divorces her and then gets, wants to marry this other woman, but it's, it's rubbish. Spring Breakers, which I hated as well. I can see what they were going for, but it's just painful. Shit. I think so. What about you? Uh, being Oscar nominees theme this week, mm. I wanted to smash out as many Oscar nominee films that I haven't seen. I watched Midnight in Paris, Brooklyn, Philomena, Babel. That's okay. really good. I gave that a five out of five. A Single Man, I've seen that before though. There's a Netflix series out at the moment called Hollywood. Have yeah. you seen that? No. What was it about? Uh, a bunch of actors, writers, directors that want to get into the film business. Yeah. Director wants to create this movie called Peg. It's about this chick who wasn't in, uh, you know, just starting out in the industry and she thought she finally gets this role, except she doesn't and she just, she commits suicide. She jumps off the letters off the Hollywood sign. Which one? In LA. No, no, which letter? H. She jumps off the H. Yeah. I'd gone, I probably would have gone for the O, but yeah. (laughs) Why? 
I don't know. It's just a more satisfying shape, isn't it? Maybe that's maybe that's a very Freudian thing to say. Let's move on. <laughs> you think he jumps off the age? Uh, what else did I watch? American Hustle. What do you think Moonstruck? of that? It was all right. Didn't I wasn't a fan of American Hustle at all. Moonstruck. 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 Yeah. It's got share in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Live in life after love. Pulp Fiction, I finally watched. Thank fuck for that. What, <laughs> what do you think? I loved it. It's great, isn't it? It's great. It is great. Um, something that you recommended on the podcast last week was Slumdog Millionaire. What's oh, up today? Yeah. No Country for Old Men. That's cool. fucked up. Oh well, you have me. You have been watching some um, some good ones, haven't you? Yeah, and then Fatal Attraction. That was the last one I watched. Is that Michael Douglas? Is that the the, the rabbit one, the bunny boiler one, where they're just yeah. shagging, shagging in every room, and... and she's a bloody psychopath. Yeah. Have you seen think, it? Yeah, once, like years ago. I must have been about ten. I, I think I quite enjoyed it when I was ten. Um, <laughs> Well, I, I did listen to some podcasts. Been following a movie drone recently. Nice. Listen to them. Nice. Tastes better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like. Did you listen to the last one? I think it was. Um, yeah. God, what was it? What did uh, they cover? Uh, Little Women. Little Women. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to that. I've not seen Little Women, but I think I went to see Bad Boys for Life instead. Oh God. <laughs> That's good, man. He liked it though. Didn't I you? loved it. And I hate Bad Boys 2. Bad Boys 2 is awful. It's terrible. It's like Satan took a dump and just put a Bad Boys 2 cover on it and said, there you go, watch this fucking piece of shit. Yeah. But Bad Boys 3 is good. I like it. And that's about it. Shall we move on to the, the main bit? The reason why we're here, and it's to talk about our double bill. Last time we chose The King's Speech and Get Out because they were both nominated. King's Speech won. And Get Out was nominated, but um, the whole idea last time was to pick two films from the list of films nominated for Best Picture. As we've got an Oscar theme, we've got a couple of a couple of bits of trivia for you. I don't know if you've looked anything up, Ooh. but the Oscars, they've been running since 1929, so it's almost 100 years. I was looking for all of the categories, and it occurred to me that they haven't got an Oscar for the Best Accounts Department. Um, I know. I assume that's coming. <laughs> I assume that that one day that will happen. You know, who can enter the most amount of invoices into the the software? Um, who's best quickest, under budget? Yeah, who can spell boobs on a calculator? <laughs> it's got. There's got to be an accounts department category at some point. We're gonna. I'm gonna lobby for it. So, Oscars. So, I've got a couple of questions for you. Do you know who has won the most Oscars for acting? I mean, like, saying Meryl Streep, that's a trick question, though. I'll, you know what, I'll go with Meryl Streep. It's not a bad guess. Um, it's, not, it's not Meryl Streep. It's actually Catherine Hepburn. She won Best Actress four times. She was nominated a total of 13 times. The actor most nominated is Meryl Streep. She's been nominated 21 times. 21 yeah. times? I haven't even I been mean, nominated once. <laughs> Greedy, which movie has won the most Oscars? Ooh. Is it recent? Um, Within the last two decades? Yes. 
there's okay. I'll give you a clue. There's more than one to tie. Um, to tie between three. I mean, maybe Parasite is one. No. Oh, um, Birdman? No. No. Okay, one more guess. Did it did it did it did it do 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 thought we were playing Super Mario for a second. Um yeah. That man is playing Gallagher. <laughs> La La Land, maybe? Ooh. No. Ooh. Nope. Uh, have you seen La La Land? No, I haven't seen La La Land. It's Ryan Gosling. You Don't scratch your chin like you're interested in La La Land. <laughs> Not getting on Stitch Up. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'm knocking. I'm knocking you out. Um, it's it's three. It's tied between three. Benner, Titanic, and Lord of the Rings three, and they all won eleven Oscars. Uh, last question: Which movies have had the most nominations? Again, it's between three. The Revenant. Nope. I can't, like, I've gone completely blank on what films have come out in the last few decades. Well, you mentioned one um, of them just now. Titanic. Titanic is one. You mentioned, there was another one you mentioned just now as well. La La Land. La La Land, yeah. And there's another one, and I, I don't know this, I probably should do, but it's called All About Eve, and it's uh, an oldie, 1950. Okay. But they all re- received 14 nominations. That's my Oscar trivia done. Uh, King's Speech and Get Out. Shall we start with the King's Speech? Yeah. We start with that, that one. Did you watch that first? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. So King's Speech 2010, directed by Tom Hooper, who directed The Damned United, Les Miserables, uh, The Danish Girl, and <coughs> Cats. Um, budget was $15 million, and it grossed $424 million Damn. at the box office, I guess because it was so popular. In terms, you know, it's critically acclaimed. A lot of people liked yeah. it. I think we mentioned this before. It actually won. It did win Best Picture in 2011. It was up against 127 Hours, True Grit, The Social Network, The Fighter, Winter's Bone, Inception, Black Swan, The Kids Are All Right, and Toy Story 3. And Colin Firth won Best Actor for this as well, which I think, yeah, pretty, pretty well deserved, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bloody good, isn't it, wasn't he? Yeah, so it stars Colin Firth as King George VI, Geoffrey Rush as Lionel Logue, and I've put in brackets Australian, Helena Bonham Carter as Queen Elizabeth, and Guy Pearce as uh, the Guy Pearce King. And Australian. Australian, yeah, another Australian. <laughs> Synopsis, right? During a tense period in history, King George VI struggles to muni- communicate to the public and seeks help from speech therapist Lionel Logue, who is Geoffrey Rush. And that basically is the setup of the film, right? So it's based on historical events. It's a true story. It's about the, the king who couldn't, he had a, a speech impediment. And I went back, I, I listened, I watched some interviews and stuff with some of the cast and they'd showed some of the old footage of the actual king speaking. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. And it's like, oh, it's, it's like a, it's like watching The Office. You know, when you're just like, oh, like that. Mm. Kind of like that. And it's like, really, you really feel for him because you imagine being that, kind of nervous and not and having a speech impediment but your job literally is mm-hmm. to communicate to people it's crazy and it was at this yeah. time where radio had just been introduced it was a new thing i didn't know what it was and 
yeah, I just, it was, I think the film did a really good job at humanizing. I mean, I'm not big on monarchy or anything like that, and I'm not really interested, but it's, it did a really good job at humanizing those people and, and just thinking, oh, you know, this is just a normal problem in an extraordinary time, if you know what I mean. Because he had this yeah, responsibility, exactly. he had to talk to people, and obviously he had the whole backdrop of the war coming up and stuff. And it was very important that he communicate with people and kind of inspire and uh, and let everyone know that he's there. So the story was 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 really really good. And but for me, it was um, it was all about their therapy sessions. Like that was, I, I thought it was great. I thought that them those two together were really really good. I really liked their first therapy session that uh, they had. Well, he wasn't like at the start, he, you know, wasn't interested and he's like, yeah. Yeah, this is not going to work for me. And he records him. So he puts music in his ears and then he tells him to read this piece of literature. Shakespeare, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And records him on a recorder, which I never knew you could actually do. Um, that was a good scene. Yeah. And then for him to listen to it afterwards, you being distracted by music and then just, just literally talking and he could talk fine. It's obviously a psychological thing, isn't it? And and they kind of explore that throughout the film and eventually they get to the reason why he stammers, um, why he's in that position. And they don't, they don't cure it, do they? But they, they find ways of managing it. They'll change certain words in the speech. They'll put pauses at, at certain points. And uh, what what I'd found out actually was that about nine weeks before they uh, were due to start filming, the grandson of Lionel Logue uh, in real life had actually found like a box of stuff in his loft and it had records of meetings and diary appointments and letters oh, from the kid. And they were able to recreate a lot of stuff from actual documents. Yeah, so the, like the detail meant to be quite accurate uh, how things actually went down or how they were described anyway in, the, in those in those documents yeah it's i really enjoyed all of their stuff with jeffrey rush and colin firth together but everything outside of that i just was kind of waiting for it to get back to that and i kept looking at my watch a few times performances were great the music was really good. The final speech was amazing, like the way it was good, mm. and it really kind of got me going. It was interesting to see all like their early attempts at acoustics when they're hanging like sheets from the ceiling and the things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, when he was recording the, the King in 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 real life, he actually had to have his jacket off and a window open and stuff like that. So all those little details, they were the sort of things that they got from the, the journals and, and things. But uh, yeah, everything outside of those meetings and that final speech, I f- just found a bit. Dull. Boring. Yeah, yeah. it's very. It's a very slow film, and it's. It's. Uh, I don't mind slow sometimes, but it just wasn't. It was. Very, it was very slow and deliberate, but it was just a bit too slow for me. The pacing felt it dragged outside of those meetings, and I didn't. Didn't love it. It was. It's like a three star film for me. I don't think I'll probably watch it again. I don't think I three will. Three out of five, you say? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I it's, would agree with that. Uh, and it's only because of those performances really and, and those scenes. If it was you know, if they if they weren't in it, I don't think I would have enjoyed it at all, really. Should it have won Best Picture? I don't think so. I'd I've given it well, to social network. Oh really? Yeah. I'd have given best actor to, to Firth still. Yeah. But I just social network I think is a is a is a better film, personally. 
I was surprised to learn when I was watching it, I thought this feels like it was based on a play, I guess because of some of the settings in the rooms and stuff, but it wasn't. They did make a play, but that didn't come out until a couple of years after the film. Mm-hmm. The screenwriter, the film screenwriter, David Seedler, I think you pronounce his name. When he was seven years old, he suffered with a speech impediment himself and his parents had actually suggested that he listen to the King's speeches. And so he listened to, he listened to the final speech and he thought, you know, if he can do it, then so can I. So he was very, he was inspired by him. And when he got a bit older, he decided that he'd wanted to make the film, the King's speech, the screenwriter. And right. he'd, actually, he'd actually written to the, the Queen Mother who's played by Helen Bonham Carter in the film, but he'd actually written to the real Queen Mother and said, look, I want to tell this story. C- can I do it? And the Queen, went, uh, Queen Mother said, no, <laughs> not while I'm alive. Okay. While I'm alive, I don't, I don't want to see it because the memories are too painful and you just wouldn't want to be reminded of it, would you? So David Seedler said, okay, I'm not going to make it then. But he didn't expect to be waiting 25 years until she passed away in 2002. Uh, and then 10 years later, this, this, this film came out, or eight years later, this film came out. Keeping with the Oscar theme, David Seedler was the oldest person to win an Oscar for Best Screenplay for The King's Speech. 73 years old he was when, when he won that. And that is, that is all of the facts I have about The King's Speech. I was at a three. I, I didn't find this film mind-blowing. I, I'm struggling to think of things to say about it. It was just fine for me. Some of those period films can be like that, though. Yeah. The performances were great and, and some other stuff, but I just keep repeating myself now and I've got nothing else to say. So what about you? What did you think overall? I would say the same thing. I hadn't seen it in a while. Yeah, I struggled. I think I kept on looking at the time, seeing yeah. how far into the into the film. I'd, three out of five. Yeah. Or, what would you say, seven out of ten? Not even? Uh I'm, I'm, the, the three is a generous three for me. Three out of five, six, six out of ten. I've got okay, nothing else then. to say about King's Speech. <laughs> Let's uh, move on to Get Out. Maybe. Let's move on to the, the good one. Right, yeah. so Get Out 2017, directed by Jordan Peele. Budget was four and a half million, and it grossed 255 million. It stars Daniel Kaluuya as Chris, Alison Williams as Rose, Lil Rel Howery as Rod Williams. It was nominated for Best Picture in 2018, but it lost to the Sexy Time Fish film. Um, Shape of Water. Shape of Fish. Shape of, Shape of Water. <laughs> and Shape of Mermaid. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that one, but it doesn't interest me in the slightest. What was it up against? It was up against The Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, Free Billboards, The Post, Call Me By Your Name and Lady Bird. Pretty strong year looking at that. They did well to get, get nominated. It seems like every year now, there seems to be more and more nominees. They changed it in about 2009, didn't they? From, I think it was... Yeah. I think it was from five, five to... Is it ten now? But it doesn't have yeah. to be ten. Like, it can... I think there's been years when there's been nine, yeah. Synopsis. So, Chris and his girlfriend, Rose, go upstate to visit her parents for the weekend. At first, Chris reads the family's overly accommodating behaviour as nervous attempts to deal with their daughter's interracial relationship. But as the weekend progresses, a series of increasingly disturbing discoveries lead him to a truth that he could never have imagined. The opening scene is, I think, one of the best opening scenes to a film, I think, ever, personally. That whole setting in that suburban neighbourhood, got the dude, the black dude walking through the neighbourhood, he's on the phone to someone, 
you know straight away, immediately, you know what's going on. Yeah. A white car pulls up to him. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of visual cues and motifs going on in this film. And it's very rich yeah. and like, yeah, he gets taken and um, stuffed in the, in the car. So that opening scene tells you everything you need to know. Immediately cuts to passing trees and the score, which I loved the score. I thought it was amazing. After that, the main score, which runs for about a minute, immediately cuts to the apartment with Chris having a shave and that childish Gambino song's playing. Sometimes I'll just go and watch just that first five minutes. I just really, really enjoy it. And then it's Chris and Rose in the apartment and they're talking about going up to see her parents who are not racist, apparently. They seem accommodating at the start. They they seem... That's, that's the thing, isn't it? They do seem like they're weird. There's something off. They've got... Yeah. They get to the house and they've got um, black staff. Just increasingly weird things start happening. Like the, the staff are acting strange. The, you know that something weird is going on, don't you, from, from, from the start. The dad mentions the deer. because oh, that's right. They hit the stag on the, on the way over and that's, that stag is meant to be Chris. You know, that, wound, that wounded animal is meant, to be, is meant to be Chris. And then the dad, dad immediately makes a remark about, you've killed one now, you know. There's millions more to go. You need to get the rest of them. Four and a half million this was made for. 23 days filming. That's not bad. It's really short. When you think about it, it's pretty much a single location film. But it doesn't feel like it. I guess because you've got the start where the, 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 the apartment, apartment and you've got the bits where you, you've got his mate who's the, the TS motherfucking A. <laughs> he's um he's his parts are shot outside of the house as well so it doesn't feel like a single location but it pretty much is for the most part which is i guess one reason why they couldn't afford to make it for four and a half million but it makes the most of that location i think some of the wide shots they used you know with rose and chris standing against the the trees and you've got the lakes and stuff like that some of those wide shots were really really nice and the way they used the light um, and reflections of the light and stuff. I really appreciated that. I think it looked great. And to make it in, in to, to do that, do that in twenty three days, I thought was was, was brilliant. Is the the director that uh, did Get Out? Is that his first movie? That was his first film. Yeah, it's impressive, isn't it? I mean, you look at all the stuff that's happening, all of the the shot choices. Obviously, he had a, a good team around him, but he wrote it quite a long time before the film actually got made. So, I think he'd probably had quite a long time to develop certain things. And there's a whole backstory behind the, the cult uh, coagula as they're called. He's written a whole backstory about them being part of the Knights Templar and decided descended from the Knights Templar. Uh, and what their goal is apparently is to try and recreate the power of the Holy Grail. We haven't got to that bit yet, have we? but, but things basically things start happening. It gets weirder and weirder. Uh, Chris starts to realize that he's in a bit of trouble. And they're having lunch in the pa- in the patio, and Chris, you know, he's a little bit agitated because he wants to smoke, but he's trying to quit. Yeah. And her mum is a hypnotist, and she's like, "Oh, you know, I could sort that out. Like within one session, you'll stop smoking, kind of thing." Later that evening, you know, he wakes up in the middle of the night and goes outside to get some fresh air, and the gardener comes running at him. That that freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, and the housekeeper as well. Looked yeah. like that she was staring out at him, but she was just looking at her reflection. Yeah. And then he walks back in and uh, Rose's mum is still awake. She yeah. just wants to have a bit of a chat and ends up putting him under hypnosis. He ends up thinking that it's a dream. 
because he wakes up in his bed the next morning. Yeah, but it wasn't a dream. No. I've got a few facts. There was an alternative ending. I got this on, on Blu-ray, so I watched the alternative ending, the director's commentaries and all that stuff. I love all that shit. But there was an alternative ending, and apparently it was the original ending. What had happened is, you know, at the skipping right to the end, where Chris has got his hands around Rose's throat, yeah, and he decides he's going to kill her, but he decides he's not going to kill her because that's not who he is, and he gets rescued by his mate, and they go off end titles. In the alternative version, he does kill Rose. He strangles her to death. Police turn up, gets arrested. Cuts to six months ahead. Chris is in jail and his mate's like, come on, you know, where's, there must be more evidence. Can you remember any names? What's, you know, but the house is burnt down. So there's no evidence. And Chris is in jail. And the last shot of the film is, is Chris walking off into the distance in a jail with the, um, the cell bars closing. And that's it. That's how the film finishes. I, I, I prefer that ending. I, I thought that would, was a more provocative ending to have him locked up for it. Just felt like it was more in keeping with the themes of the film if you know what i mean yeah i get you but that I, mean, was, I i i enjoyed the ending to be honest I, yeah it was it was it was good it was fine yeah but because i know about this other ending i watched it and i thought yeah i do like that ending better it felt like it was more in keeping that was the original ending he'd jordan peele had written this some years ago and was trying to expose some of the you know under undercurrents of racism you know people think racism is not a problem whatever but he was trying to address that actually there are still issues that we need to look at but his thought process behind the ending was well it was was meant to be more provocative right but he since he'd written it and making a film he decided that it was a bit different the landscape and they probably didn't need that that ending i understand why he didn't go for it because it does put a downer on the film yeah absolutely i feel like if i'd have seen that ending it would have been like full mark film for me it's uh it's it's a nine out of ten for me and it would have been yeah, would, if it if had got would, that original ending. What do you think? I would agree with that. I would say 9 out of 10 as well. Good, isn't it? Yeah. So it's the first time you've seen this. Yeah. Did you kind of know roughly what was going to happen? Or did you have any I, idea spoiled for you or anything like that? Like when, I, when I'd seen trailers for this many years ago, I knew it was like a little bit fucked up. And I didn't think it was going to be as comical. I didn't know how like much dark humor this film was going to have yeah it's very funny and also the twist in the end that you know so chris and the dad are walking down to the gazebo and he's like i know what you're thinking you know all the help is uh of color and you know you must have an opinion on that like oh you know we had them originally for to keep care of our parents and then when they passed away we still decided to keep them yeah and in the end they're actually the parents. They are. Yeah, they are the parents. Yeah, yeah uh, it's like a brain swap thing, isn't it, basically? The procedure was they would leave the brain stem or whatever it's called, like the bit that's attached to your nervous system. They leave that and then replace the brain matter with the person that they want to put into the into the body. Um, apparently, right, I, just before I forget this, I was listening to the commentary, and this sounds like it's a wind-up, but I haven't had a chance to check it up yet. It's apparently theoretically possible to put someone's brain in someone else's body. Apparently, it was done with mice in the 80s. And if it was done with mice, I bet you someone's somewhere has fucking tried to put someone's brain in someone (laughs) someone else's body. Imagine that. 
but I, it, it sounds like bullshit to me. I haven't had a chance to, to look it up, but um, that amused me. You know how at the start, of, so at the start of the movie, you know, was that Logan? You know that guy at the at the dinner party, at the oh, lunch? Right. Was that yes. him? Yes. Yeah, that's right. So Logan was his white name, right? Yeah. His, his black name was Andre. He was called Andre at the start. And then, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Hello, my name is Logan. But yeah, that's um, Logan is the same character as, as Andre. And what, um, again, this was on commentary. Jordan Peele was kind of trying to play off people's perceptions of not being able to differentiate uh, people of color. So he was, purposely, right. he was purposely trying to throw you off. Like at the start, it was dimly lit. You couldn't really see him. And then later on, you can piece it together and go, oh, I think that's the same bloke but it doesn't really look like the same bloke and he's done that on purpose. Again, it's all, all of those sort of underlying themes that he's trying to put in there. It's just a very cleverly made film that, that, that plays with your kind of uh, assumptions and stuff and prejudices. Yeah. Great, great film. I, I love this film I, and I, I, will, I will watch this. I would I will rewatch it again and again and again. I think I've watched it four or five times since it, since it came out and I'll, I'll probably carry on watching it every year, I would say. It's one of those films that if it, someone hasn't seen it, like if you've got a mate coming around and they're like, I haven't seen this. Oh, you've got to watch Get Out. Yeah. So I've got a feeling I'm going to be watching it quite a few times. What's, what score did you give it again? I'm pretty sure I gave it a nine. Let's move on from the, from the Oscar bit and let's, let's get on to next week's theme, next episode's theme and pick the films for that theme. We, we seem to be taking it in turns on picking the themes and this time you've come up with this one. So it's a movie set in a day. So yeah, a movie that... Look, it seems like it's shot or it's based in a day or in one evening. Yeah, so it could be set in no longer than 24 hours, so as long as it's before. My interpretation was that it could be set over a course of two hours or 24 hours, but no more than that. That's, yeah. That was kind of my thinking. I've got three. How many do I I've got three plus two honourable mentions. I've listed six, but I think I know which three I'm going to choose. Depends which ones I choose as well. first, me, me you? You might get some crossovers. I feel like there's one movie that I want to choose, but I, I'm hoping you may choose it. Okay. We'll see. We will see. So my three picks for films that are set over one day maximum are as follows number one 12 angry men 1957 directed by sydney lumet my second choice is reservoir dogs mm. 1992 tarantino and my third pick is a bit of a wild card i've never seen it and i've never heard of it until i googled this uh, this thing it's called rope it's made in 1948 and it's an Alfred Hitchcock film. And when I read it, it sounded really interesting. So those are my three. So I've got 12 Angry Men, Reservoir Dogs and Rope. My first pick is Grandma. Grandma? Yeah. Okay. Uh, second pick, which is also a Tarantino film, is The Hateful Eight. Oh, yeah. Good choice. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. And my last one, something a little bit light-hearted. Let's go with Booksmart. 
Oh yeah, that is set over one one evening, isn't it? Yeah, I was hoping you were gonna maybe choose that. It didn't even occur to me. I didn't even. Think <laughs> I might have. I might have chosen that if I'd have thought of it. Okay. Right. So we've got six choices now. I've got twelve angry men, reservoir dogs, and rope, and you've got grandma, hateful eight, and book smart. Hmm. Okay. I, I get rid of the hateful eight. Because you've seen it. I've seen it. I like it. It's good. It's probably mid-tier Tarantino, which is still excellent, but it's quite long as well. I wasn't going to get rid of Tarantino, but no, I'll keep it. I'll get rid of um, 12 Angry... You're getting rid of 12 Angry Men? Yeah, 12 Angry Men. Sure? <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Let's get rid of uh, Reservoir Dogs. You sure? Uh, yeah. Don't want to get rid of anything uh... else? <laughs> you want to stick with I, I'm just I'm just fucking with you I don't mind um, no let's get rid of Reservoir Dogs Reservoir Dogs yeah okay. so first round we've knocked out two Tarantino films okay fair enough so we're now left from my list 12 Angry Men Rope and your list Grandma and Booksmart can you tell me about Grandma? Because I've never heard of it. And what, what's it about? What year is it? Have you seen it? What's, what's the what's uh, the of Grandma? I haven't, seen, I haven't seen either of these films, but uh, it's about a young girl. Grandma. No, well, her granddaughter, she comes to her grandma for some assistance because I think she wants to... She's pregnant, but she... Uh, want to get an abortion yeah I'm pretty sure that's what the story's about and um it's just the journey heading down to the clinic i guess and you know she bumps into her boyfriend because it's a fair bit of money as well her grandmother doesn't have six hundred dollars to spend so she's just trying to find trying to loan this money from numerous of other people yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that's what the movie's about. It came out only a few years ago. Let me find out exactly. I was um, gonna I was gonna ask you what the, the year was, if it was recent. So it's set um twenty fifteen it came out. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. So it's set on a way to the to an abortion clinic. Yes. I right. believe that's the story. Okie dokie. Yeah. And Book Smart. Book Smart is a bunch of, it's a coming of age film. Yeah. Uh, based on two girls who were they just been putting their heads down in their books the whole year, and you know this is the final night that they can just let go, yeah. and they want to be remembered for being fun. Yes, yeah, really funny this film. Twelve Angry Men. So, nineteen fifty-seven, directed by Sidney Lumet. Have you? You haven't seen this. I've heard of it. I've, I've heard of the title. I, it's one of them that I've been meaning to watch for ages, but because it's old and I'm um, a philistine, I, I I don't watch old films as often as I should. But since the lockdowns happened, I've been making a more of an effort to do so. And this is one I watched last week, and it is fantastic. It's really short. It's ninety minutes long. It's black and white. It's set in one room, and it's about twelve guys, and they're basically they have to decide the fate of. Uh someone who's on trial for murder yes. and they've got to figure out at the start everyone's like 
guilty, guilty, guilty. And there's one person who says not guilty. And, they, and they're like, what do you mean not guilty? Obviously he's guilty. All the evidence points against him. And he says, well, the evidence is pretty, you know, there's a lot of evidence against him. He's like, but a lot of it's circumstantial. You know, you've got to unravel it. And it's about his character and just delving into the facts and the case and people's reasons for thinking he's guilty and stuff like that. It, the sort of turn it around on the jurors, if you know what I mean, it sort of becomes mm-hmm. more about their characters and rope. I can't say an awful lot about rope, but what I can do is give you a synopsis because I haven't seen it. And I've just thought of another film, which I mentioned in a minute, but it's 1948 directed by Alfred Hitchcock. It's only 81 minutes. And the synopsis is two men attempt to prove they committed the perfect crime by hosting a dinner party after strangling their former classmate to death. From what I've read, it's a couple of guys and they want to basically see if they can get away with a murder. The perfect crime. So we've got four left. I'm not, I'm not sure what I would go for in yours. Have you, got, have you got any ideas what sounds more appealing to you out of my two that are left? They both sound really good, I have to say. Well, I know 12 Angry Men is good and Rope does sound good. I'm sort of, I, I'm, I'm torn between your two because I fucking love Booksmart. It's hilarious. It's really yeah. good. I haven't seen Grandma and it sounds quite interesting, that whole set up, set, you know, on their way to the clinic. Um, I, hope that, I hope I got the synopsis right. I think I know what I'm going to choose out of yours. Do you? I'm going to go with rope. You're knocking it out or you're keeping it? No, I'm going to keep it. You're going to keep rope. Good. Okay. So we're going to go with rope. So we're knocking out 12 angry men, which you need to watch still. Yeah, well. I'm going to go for, fuck it. I'm going to go for grandma because I haven't seen it. I'm going to keep grandma. Films set in a day for next episode's theme. We're going to be watching rope and grandma. I went on, you know, you were saying about my letterbox earlier. I, I went on yours the other day and I looked at you. I see that you had added the assistant to your watch list. Yes. That's really good. And also that could have been on this list because that's set in like one, one working day. Oh. That's excellent. You should really, uh, you should watch that. Really watch it. Yeah, yeah. I had bad times at the AL Royale, but I saw you watched it and you gave it two and a half out of five. Looks incredible. It looks amazing. Like the 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 grading, the color palette is. I, I loved it. Um, the, the, the production design, but it was just a bit of a weird, all over the place sort of narrative. Had um two classics. So Brexit Breakfast Club. Brexit Club. Run, Brexit Club. Brexit Club. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking oh, Brexit didn't happen over a day. It happened over many years. <laughs> yeah, world's longest film. <laughs> That is a film, though. There what, is Brexit a movie. There, no, no, there's a movie on Brexit. In comedy, no, it's Brexit. a comedy. And then uh, Run Lola Run, which oh, you watched I for the first time last year. That. I thought you was going to choose Lola, to be honest. It was either that, out of Booksmart or Lola, and that's, and that's why I went Booksmart. Uh, we could have had Phone Booth as well. That's all I've written down. But Phone Booth. Phone is, Booth. A- is that with um, Colin Fur? Uh, Farrell. It's, it's got Colin a Colin. Farrell. Colin. Yeah. Colin Flower. Cool. Let's move on to your book. <sighs> you're doing your first ever stitch up, Nicole. Ooh, and ooh. you've got to review a film now. So the floor is yours. Thanks, mate. You're welcome. Uh, I'm going to just put my feet up. <sighs> enjoy some fresh air. 
Oh. <laughs> uh, so Dan chose for me LOL. So a few weeks ago, I chose LOL, but the Miley Cyrus version. 2012. That's right. And I had to watch the 2008 French version. Yeah. A budget of 10.9 mil, and it made in the box office 32.8 mil. I'm surprised it got a remake. Well, funny that, this was actually a remake of a, of a previous film. Really? Yeah. It's like three versions yeah. of it. <laughs> remake of La, La Boon. I don't know. I don't, know how, I, I don't speak French. So you said that this was on YouTube. Yeah. But not in Australia. And the only way I could find a version of this legal, uh, legally as well. Obviously. It, obviously. Um, so it was in French, but subtitles in German. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, there was a lot of stopping and taking photos of the, of the subtitles. <laughs> God, it was so painful. Do you have to like pause after every sentence and then Google the sentence? I didn't, I didn't <laughs> pause. <laughs> you got like I a German dictionary. <laughs> what does this word mean? Nine. No, I got nine, nine, nine. <laughs> Beat there. Um, so you watch this no, in got, German I, subtitles. Do I watch it German? in German. No, I don't. I do not. I don't understand how you managed to watch it then. Um, I got a phone. I got an app on my phone that you can take photos of the subtitles and it translates it for you instantly. But you didn't do that for every frame, surely? No, not for every frame. I would have been watching the film for like five hours. Instead of for, I think it went for 90 minutes. Yeah. It took me much longer to watch that film. <laughs> That's hell. That sounds like a nightmare. I've properly stitched you up with this, and I? <laughs> I enjoyed it, though. Yeah? I enjoyed the film. Yeah. I think I haven't seen the Miley Cyrus version, but I think I would have definitely hated that film much more. Yeah. So, obviously, this film's based in... France, where the Miley Cyrus version is based in the US. And pretty much like how you said uh, a few weeks ago, so she's a teenager, she's finding out about boys. Boys, and you know, trying chicken. to focus on school. <laughs> yeah, they actually show that chicken scene. Is that chicken scene in, the, in this one as well? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she thinks... Is it the professor that she's talking to or is she just talking to someone else? No, she fancied, in the one that I saw, I think her character's name is Emily. She fancied mm-hmm. the professor, but That's she was right. yeah. just talking to her mate on so like Skype she, with her chicken. That's right. So she's, Sh- Charlotte is her, her name. Charlotte. And she thinks that, she, Charlotte. And she's uh, speaking, she thinks she's speaking to professor and puts a camera in and then next minute her mum's like yelling out to us um yelling out like oh where is this chicken going so she runs out and puts it in her brother's room yeah. <laughs> same thing with uh the miley Cyrus version so she was dating a guy and he ends up telling her that she he cheated on her yeah 
but they have an argument at school and her and his best mate and her best mate, you know, gets involved in it and she ends up ends up falling in love with him. Yeah. They want to like, you know, oh, we shouldn't do this because I was dating your best mate before. They end up hooking up at a house party at her house and then next minute she's at school in the bathroom. Yeah. And she hears she thinks she hears them uh him getting it on with another girl. Yeah. So she gets really pissed off and walks out and forgives him when they decide to go they have a London trip for school. I was going to say, in the one I watched, it was all about, it was set in America. Like it went it to Paris. To, a trip to Paris. But in your one, it was set in Paris and they were going to... To the UK. To they end up doing it for the first time in the UK. And she, she finds out her mum's read her diary and gets pissed <laughs> yeah. off and moves out. Does she go off and live with her dad for a bit? Yeah. It sounds like it's exactly the same, to be honest. Yeah. Why did Just they bother? In French. French. And in German subtitles. <laughs> I think I would prefer to watch that one, though. Yeah, I gave it six out of ten. It bad. wasn't bad at all. I mean, if I lose next week's one, I think that's going to be a lot worse. Yeah, hopefully. That's the plan. <laughs> if you lose. So, very good. So, your, ver- your first stitch up, then, was actually not too bad. No, it wasn't too bad. No, so I need to do better. Yeah. Last time, um, uh, we decided we were going to do a poll. And it's still running the poll, but we're just going to cut it short like now. So wherever it is now, I'm going to take a screenshot. That will be the loser. So last week, I chose for you to watch Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. And you chose for me Shakespeare in Love. Would you like to know the results? Yeah. So we've had 19 votes. I've got a, I've, there's, I've, there's a twist coming up after this as well. So oh, I, you yeah. just saw me. I just screenshotted my phone. Loser with 53% of the votes and also watching their stitch up film for the next episode is Nicole. You're going to be watching Beverly Hills two hour, mate, too. So I mentioned just now that there was a little bit of a twist, right? I took a screenshot. I, I, I can show it to you. It's there. Yeah. Um, but if you go on it now, if you go on Fuck it now, off. it's actually swung back to me. <laughs> but it's too late. It's too late. We had to, we had to cut it off at some point. You lose. Uh, I guess I'll just have to get Disney Plus. I guess you will. Well, I did have a stitch up film for you, but I think I might change it. For next week's. Um, yeah. For the next poll or whatever we do. Okay. Just out of curiosity, if it's been out in cinema, you've got like one cinema pass. You've only done that for Frozen, right? Um, yes. I've been up for it, but I didn't, I didn't lose. The cinemas aren't open at the moment, so you can't but do I'm it. Just making, I'm just making sure, because there would have been a film that was out in cinema, but mm. now you can, you can rent it now. I'm going to choose Cats for you for next week. Oh, fuck off. Cats. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh. <laughs> oh my. How long is it? <laughs> right. Oh, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> you chose a dog movie, I choose a cat movie. <laughs> oh, I'm looking up how long it is. How long is it? 
It's not more than two James hours. James Corden. Well, it's one hour, 50 minutes, you're lucky. Cats. <laughs> 2.7 out of 10. I can't watch fucking Cats. It's got Jason Derulo in it. Oh, God. You know what? I'm kind of curious to see how bad it is. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Cats. Screw it. I had a choice. I had two possible options for you. One of them is a bit kinder, but I'm going to save that. I spotted it on Disney Plus the other day. It's a concert film, and it's about the Jonas Brothers. And it's called the Jonas Brothers Program or something. That's not that bad. Isn't it? Can I change it? (laughs) No, I think I might. Oh, I don't know if I would enjoy it. Oh, fuck me. All right. <laughs> do you I want to change to, it? Do you want to I need it? to do better. No, my, look, I've announced it now. It's set in stone. So okay. you've definitely won that one. If that goes to a poll, <laughs> I'm definitely losing that. I'm doing, the, I'm doing the poll next week. Are you? Do you reckon? Yeah. Do I trust yeah. you to do it? Yeah, let's do whatever you want. I'll, I'll share it on mine if you want to. Okay. If you want to create a poll, I'll, I'll forward it on and get everyone to vote for you. <laughs> but I know what we were saying just now about it depends what film you've chosen. I think a, a lot of people would prefer me to watch Cats than you to watch Jonas Brothers. I feel like a lot of people want to hear how bad Cats is as well. Yeah. I'm interested to know what it's like, but like not so interested that I would actually watch it, given the choice. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Yeah. All right, fair enough. So next week's poll, Cats versus Jonas Brothers. The, the clash of the titans um <laughs> so i'm gonna go off now and do some editing what are you gonna do now i'm Betty not buyers. watching two hours tonight <laughs> you're gonna save it yeah i'm gonna save it to the last day just think... in case i have to watch jonas brothers the following week so i i'm i'm done i need to get out into the sunshine yeah. and wake myself up and also i need a massive poo so i'm gonna <laughs> go now and leave you to it where can we find you, Dan? All of the social medias. I'm on Instagram at flick.face, Twitter at flick underscore face, twinpixpod at gmail.com. If you want to email us, give us some themes, etc. Where can we find you, Nicole? Nicole. You can find me on Chica Nika or Nika Creative on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah, that's about it. Pretty much. I've, I've got a. I've got a Facebook and a website, but we can leave that for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you're going to put the poll on. I'm going I to vote will. for you. Um, and I'm going to lose. Vote for you. Probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for listening to this most recent episode of our little show. And we'll probably do another one. Should we do another one next? Well, we've got to do another one because we've got to do this. <laughs> we've got to do... We've got to record this uh, this next episode, but um, we'll, we'll, should we record that over the next week and get another one out? Yeah, why uh, not? Next Monday, yeah? Cool. Next Monday. All right, let's do it then. I'm going to get out into the sunshine. Um, goodbye. Laters. Cheerio. Cheerio. Bye. See you later.